to advance in you is to know you to not just know about you to just not know things about you but to know you God I thank you that we've been called to know you deeper that God through the passages of scripture we've been called to walk into into new places with you God we've been called to go deeper God, I thank you for healing that's happened in this room. I thank you for vision that's happened, God. I thank you for the supernatural uh, moving of God that can only happen through you, God. I thank you for that. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for um, just everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to do. God, I thank you that just even this morning, God, more will be healed. And God, you're, you're speaking to more, and I feel like there's even some people here It's felt like, well, I'm not sure if anything happened. I believe that God's going to do something this morning in there, and there's breakthrough. It's here. He's here. He's here. Jesus is in the room, and anything can happen. And so, God, we thank you that you're here. Jesus name. Amen. If you can have a seat and uh
just going to take some opportunity this morning. Um, take some opportunity this morning to just talk about this weekend and how great it has been and what God has done. And I just really believe that uh, we just need to share some testimonies of what God is doing, has done. Um, and I believe that in sharing the testimony, it'll also um, others will be healed as they hear the story of what Jesus has done through you. And I believe it's really important that we don't just move on, don't just, okay, because the enemy will like to go, oh, well, did that really happen? Did that? But it's something when you speak it out and you're speaking, no, this is what happened. This is what took place. Stuff shifts. And so we just, is there a few people that you just feel like you want to share what God done really quickly? It doesn't have to be long. We, we don't want it long. Uh, but we, we want it, we want it just really, uh, uh, just like, yeah. Uh, or a vision that you had, or you felt healed in some way, God healed your body in some way. I know there were some reports. Um, and yeah, yeah. Oh, Eugene, why don't you come up here? No, just come up. So if you have a testimony to share, just come up. Uh, Jaron, can you just come and share that vision? Uh, anyone else? Talk to that. I'm just trying to think. Anyone else? Just come. But what happened? Yeah, okay. So we were playing, uh, what were we playing? soccer, soccer, indoor soccer over there. So it was fun. Uh, rolled my ankle. And uh, Tony, where's Tony? There he is, right there. Right away, uh, my first thoughts like, yeah, I gotta go outside, get some snow, put some ice on it. But he's like, no, let me pray for it. So he prayed for it, and the immediate pain, because I roll my ankle all the time, so I'm like, this is gonna be bad. It's gonna be painful. But yeah, it uh, it it just went kind of warm, and uh, no pain. Come on. Yeah, and I wasn't limping around. Come on. Yeah, yeah thank you, Lord. We we'll go right here. And, uh, well, God first touched me. For the, like, honestly, for the first time where I was, like, literally, like, not myself. <laughs> um, we were talking about, like, the putting the sign on your head saying, like, can't remember what term it was that he used, but Trevor, yeah. the uh, rejection, yeah. Well, I kind of put that sign on myself and was kind of shutting myself out from, like, like, I, w- I was... Christian in groups like this, but never outside, and that that's done. That's done. No more. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really nervous right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just had like this vision the other day of just like, um, it's kind of hard to, for me to explain. But like, say if you take like, um, just like a cloth, and if it was like filled with flour, if you were to like drop it and just boom. It just kind of like, yeah, explodes. Um, except, so there was that, but it was like all gold. Like the cloth was gold and the contents were gold. And it was just like sparkly and like, but it was like a thick, um, thick substance, whatever it was. And I just saw that like over Edmonton. And then I also, so it was just like this huge thing. And then I also saw like tiny little ones, like individually, like wherever you are, like if it's at work or school, just like little ones, like poof, like wherever you are, like you're being that influence. So yeah, I just, yeah. So good. So good. Okay. Don't all rush up here at once, but. Well, I don't have a lot of clarity here, but I just feel that maybe some people need to be reminded about praying to experience Christ's presence. And as we were reminded about how we are in him, 
by you by you giving your time and your attention and just love towards others, it's Christ um, loving that person. So, anyways, I'm just trying to say that uh, just experienced extravagant love from from many of you, and uh, it was Christ through you. So I just uh, I'm fired up because perfect love casts out all fear, and so there's nothing to be afraid of, and God is good. Yeah. yeah. So good that you're here, John. Nathan. I just want to share something quick that God did with me that I think some of you might be able to relate to. Um, last weekend, God um, brought up a, an old dream that he gave me like more than 10 years ago that is kind of a little bit out there. And, and it's really exciting and cool and stuff, but you know, over this last week, it was really hard for me to not look down on myself for, I don't know, beat myself up, like, why haven't I done things already? Why haven't I moved forward with this? And I think I was just looking at myself and my life with my understanding. And um, so, you know, this weekend, well, God gave me a vision of, uh, God gave me a vision where, I was I was uh, a baby in his womb, and and um, and it was tough because he just kind of kept me there for a long time and wasn't and like you know and like and he wasn't speaking to me he wasn't giving me understanding I was just there right and so it was a really frustrating vision because it was just like it felt weird. It felt weird, but also just like, I just want to understand things and, and act and do. And, but then he finally said to me, you know, you can't be the one to push. Um, like, and so it, it's just like, I, I, can't, I can't give birth to the things that God has for me by myself. And neither can you. And so I'm just going to pray into that for two seconds for all of us. Uh, God, I just, I just want to say again that like, I'm, I'm trying so hard to just accept that. And, and I just want to pray for all of us that um, we just want so badly to to be expectant and, and to, to live for you. We, we want these really good things, but when it comes down to it, more so than living out our ideas of how to do that, we just really want to experience um, your ways. Uh, your ways, your means, your thoughts, your feelings before our own. Um, you are just really good. Good. Thanks so much, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Come. Juliana's coming, but yeah. Whoever gets here first. Hey, so I feel like this weekend God's been allowing me to walk in, like, I guess, visions for myself a little bit more. Um, and uh, that's been kind of fun. So... Um, 
last night I feel like I was experiencing kind of like the weighty presence of God a little bit, where I just like I just want to sit there and don't really want to do anything. You're like you're having some conversation, you're like, that's ah, too early for conversation. I want to go back and just sit a little bit longer because it's too early still. Anyways, um, one of the one of the visions I kind of saw for myself, but I think that this is important for other people probably too. Um, in in the spirit, I I saw this girl prophesying kind of over me. Um, and she was talking about a healing that I was carrying for a bunch of people. And I was like, oh, man, this stuff is really heavy. And this is like, this is heavy. And then God's just like, yeah, but my burden is light. So you got, you got to release your calling to me, and I'll carry that for you. Uh, release your gifts to me. Yeah. So if you're carrying something heavy, even if it's something good, give it to God and see what he does. Wow, it's a common theme, isn't it? Yeah, thank you, Curtis. Um, just as you were sharing, I just was reminded of something the Lord said. Um, when we're in the place of hiddenness before we're walking and all those things that we've had spoken over us, you just want to remind you that the Lord sees you in that time. You're not any less valuable to him. You're not doing anything less worthy than when you're not walking in the things yet. So just to remind you that the Lord sees you, and in the time of hiddenness is when he puts the things like that eternal perspective. Like before Jesus went into his ministry, before he accomplished anything, when he was baptized, the Lord says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And Jesus hadn't even done a thing yet. So just to remind you that in the hidden place, you're just as seen and as valuable. Okay, I'm really nervous, but... Um, last night, I've been doing a lot of things on my own and not with God and not with his strength. So last night in worship, uh, the song, I love you, Jesus, I, uh, I can't get enough. And um, you're all, you know, I can't remember all the words now, but um, I, I just realized last night that um, Jesus just showed me I can't live without him. I can't do this on my own. And I need God. And it just, he really revealed that to me last night. So good. So good. Thank you, Lord. Sure, sure. I wanted to share a testimony um, from a few weeks back. We had a resurgence. Uh, the guy that came from Calgary. Richie. Richie, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a testimony for tonight, but I wanted to give actually a word of encouragement. Um, last night when we were praying for healing and uh, G-Rant uh, was up there and we were praying for his arm and uh, Trevor had asked him anything, uh, anything changing and he, uh, the second time he's like, nothing to report yet. And... Uh, I was thinking about um, just times that I've been prayed for before and and um, especially like when you're on the spot and there's like people standing over you and they're like, are you feeling anything? Are you feeling anything? And then sometimes you're like, yeah, I, can th- I think I can feel something going on, but you're pressured because there's like 180 people staring at you <laughs> and they place an expectation on you. And I was, uh, when Richie was up, um, I had a problem with my knee from an accident that I was in a couple years ago. And I had to get rid of the vehicle I drove because uh, it was a standard. And every time I pushed the clutch, it was like someone was putting a knife through my kneecap because my knee had impaled the dash in an accident. And uh, it's been over a year, and I've still had small issues with the knee, but 
I thought I'd take a risk and buy another uh, standard car. And I made it about two days before I came home crying like a baby to my wife in pain. <laughs> and uh, like just incredible pain. And every time, like every time I pushed that clutch, it was just throbbing pain. And um, so uh, Ryan Adams, not Brian, but Ryan Adams, came and prayed for my knee and uh, he just laid hands on my knee and uh, we, we prayed for God to heal it. And he's asking me, you know, are you feeling anything different yet? And, and I'm like, no, nah, not yet, no. So we kept praying and he's like, are you feeling any different? And I felt some tingling, but I'm like, I don't know if that's like the pressure and like my knee being relieved because I just sat for half an hour and now it's like, okay, here we go again. Or if it's like I'm just creating this thing in my mind, but I just kept saying, you know what? Um, God, I know God wants to heal me, and I just need to have faith for it. And sometimes we expect a healing to happen in a second. And one thing that uh, God showed me um, the last time I went through this, and I walked away, and I was frustrated because I never received a healing. And God's like, you know, when I perform a miracle, I perform them in an instant. And sometimes healing takes time because if God just heals, even not, not with, a, with body, but even with our heart, if God just instantly changes your heart, sometimes there's a process that needs to happen, and sometimes healing takes a while because he needs to teach you things or show you things along the way so that you can have tools for the future, and so you don't just always just kind of rely on him as like a bank where it's like, oh God, I, I failed again, or I messed up my life again, so whether if it be a healing mentally or, or sickness, maybe he needs time because he wants to show you something else through that. So uh, my wife and I left, and I told her about the, him praying and all that stuff. And uh, I went to bed, and I'm like, you know what, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling a change now. Like, he's like, don't, don't um, make up a lie if you don't feel anything. I'm just going to keep praying and just tag up with me next time you see me, right? Because he didn't want to be fed a bunch of garbage either, and, which was really cool because it's good to just be real with each other. But So uh, I woke up the next morning, and I went to my car, and I'm like, God, I'm just trusting you for this. And gone, like... I was so excited, and as far as like uh, the whole teaching thing, the the cool thing about it is, is I think if God would have healed me back at that point where it happened, I probably would have looked past it a lot quicker. And now, I kept the car. I had the car in Kijiji because I'm like, I gotta sell this car, and I couldn't sell the car. And I'm like, I knew that God had gave me that car because it was. One of those things where you're looking through the list and it just popped out and I knew that was the one and we picked up the car the next day and it's like, man, why would you give me this car if this knee is an issue, right? And uh, so, sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm taking too long here, but the lesson in the time is just for, for, just for myself, every time I push that clutch in now, every single time I thank God for that healing. And if I would have received the healing the day of, I don't know if I would have been in the same place. So he's used that situation so that every time I push that clutch, I'm just like, thank you, God, for this healing. Thank you, God, for this healing. And it's a reassurance of his love for me every time. And I, I know, like, six, seven years down the road, I'm going to be pushing a clutch and just, like, worship service, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just really want to encourage you in that. And if I could, can I have one more minute? I also, uh, sorry, my wife's probably in the back flagging me down to shut up, but um, uh, um, God would remind me of something else too. Um, when we were here last night and 
I remember being, like, I grew up in church, but there was always, like, this nervousness to go up to the front and uh, pressure and all kinds of things. And uh, sometimes we come up and and uh, some people haven't experienced God's presence. Like, we're, we're talking, like, a, a weight and the... The Holy Spirit is is definitely not like uh, he's he's here as a helper, but when you really experience God's presence, it really is something different. And um, one thing that I've learned is uh, same thing with the healing. Sometimes He just wants us to wait. Sometimes we come up here and we're like, okay, my hands are here and I'm waiting, God, and nothing's happening. And like okay, I can see these people, they're crying and you're working. And what are you not doing in me? Sometimes we need to just stop uh, trying to force Him. Because sometimes we're like pushing him, like God, come now, like, and uh, even like he was saying, like, just in the back in the womb and just like be a baby. Sometimes we need to just sit here and just sit and say, if I'm going to sit here for five hours and wait for you, I'm not going to be looking around, uh, saying, God, why are you not giving me this? Why are you giving this to him? Why are you giving that to them? He just wants you to really just wait in his presence, and uh, he's going to honor that. I really feel like he's going to honor that. I at the burn like. God just really honored t- waiting. Sometimes I sat there for three hours and just, I didn't even sing and I just waited. And he will honor that. He really will honor, like our time is the biggest thing we can give to him. Just coming out this weekend, like he's going to honor that you took this weekend off to come here. But just a word of encouragement, yeah, for your healing. Uh, if it doesn't happen in a second, maybe there's something that he wants to do bigger than just that healing in that moment. And he really wants to honor your time. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for sharing. So I came this weekend expecting to like write some essays with God because that's what I like to do. Um, and I haven't written a single one, but I've r- written a lot of poetry. So he told me to come and read it. It's called Come Up Here, My Beloved. I collect your presence like pennies, sway with the whispers of your spirit and dance on the light of your breath. Breathe within me so I won't be without. The overwhelming sensation becomes me. Beget and beseech to become one with thee. Lo, behold, Lord, ridden high on your wings, safe in your shadow I dwell, to devour your grace, drowning within the embrace. Your love capsizes my desires, and they become yours. I am yours, peppered by the pattern of heavenly places. Your perfume seeps into my psyche. I am won by the one who wooed me. Sprouted from your heavenly fantasy, I am fanned by your fragrance and bloom with the light of your love. Within me, I become new in you, livened by the death of your blood. Your air breathes life again. I can hear my inheritance from the heartbeat of heaven, finally arising into alignment, capsized by your presence. My spirit grasps for more, and my prayers become rays of light. Wow. Thank you. Um, I came up for prayer after I missed it last night with <laughs> Heather. Um, when I came in this weekend, I, uh, the first thing I did was I tried to go to the first service and I was just so tired. I went and slept for 14 hours. I was missing until one o'clock yesterday. Um, I apparently was very tired. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, God, I've been trying to wake up, wake up in God. I don't know, even know what that means, but just kind of be revived. Um, I have a, a, I work, I serve a ministry job that's really draining and I feel like I have all the faith in the world for everybody else and none for myself. And uh, my shoulder's been really, really bad lately. And I've been doing some things for myself and my own personal health to try to, to um, you know, take care of the temple. And uh, it's been hard for me to do. 
And I, I started doing that last week, and I'm always preaching to everybody else, you know, deliverance comes through obedience, I say it to everybody else. And this week has just been a lot of obedient acts for me, and uh, God has just been faithful. And this morning I woke up, and usually I have to sleep a certain way because uh, my shoulder's bad, and um, I never have time to go to the chiropractor or the massage, anything, anything that's available for me. I just don't, I don't have time. I don't have time. That's my answer all the time. And uh, Jesus was my chiropractor last night. And uh, this morning, I thought it was going to hurt, and I remembered, I went, before I moved, I went, no, no, Jesus, help my unbelief here right now, because this is not going to hurt when I move this morning. No way I'm claiming this. And it didn't hurt. <laughs> Come on. So good. The Lord's been doing a good work in me lately. And uh, <laughs> I don't need to get into a lot of details. But I wasn't going to come to Advance just because there's no reason. I just didn't really think about it. And then um, about two and a half weeks ago, one of my teachers t- says to go in a prayer closet. So I actually go in my closet and I pray. And, uh, and I, was pray- <laughs> I was praying for my parents, and I just saw this vision of, like, earth was way down below, and the Lord was in heaven, obviously, and, and uh, there was just this massive funnel that was, like, way wider than the earth, and it was just his, like a funnel of love from the Lord, just, like, shooting down into each of the hearts of my parents, and uh, it was so cool. And the next day, I felt he was like, hey, that, uh, that picture that you got for your parents, that was, that was for you too, Matt. And, uh, and then two or three days later, I was at the last resurgence, and, and uh, this is in the midst of a wild week where the Lord is just working on me, and, and uh, in a good way. And, uh, and Kara's texted me after resurgence, and she, she says, hey, are you coming to advance? And I'm like, no, I haven't really thought about it, and I'm in school, and don't want to spend money, and stuff like that. And uh, she's like, oh, that's funny, because uh, I just saw this vision of you, and you're in, you're in the room at Sunnyside, and there's like a funnel from heaven, and just pouring down blessings into you. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go. I'll come. <laughs> and uh, I don't need to get into details, but this weekend, even just like during worship this morning, there's a couple things that the Lord is just like, see, like these are, this is what I did for you. And, and I didn't know what to expect, but I think we can expect him to move, but not expect him to move in certain ways because we don't know how he's going to move. And uh, it's like we sang on Friday. Um, I just feel like I'm living for the first time. So, so good. So good. Well, it's good. It's good. I know there's. I know there's many more, and so we want to hear them. And so you can email, like, just put on our Facebook or info at Live Resurgence. I know some of them take time to write out, but please tell us. Tell us what God had done, and you can say, "Hey, please don't share it if it's." But just to, even to like, can say, "This is what happened," and I'm like walking in it, and and it's and it's something about just yeah. So don't wait on it. Like even do it today, because I know it's like then time goes by, and it's like, oh yeah, I didn't get around to it. But even to just put it down and say, "Listen, this is what happened," and so we want to hear that. Um, this is the journey uh, we've been on with Resurgence has been about community. And I think a no greater thing is to hear the stories uh, and hear, hear the visions, hear what God is saying through community. Like, it, it's pretty amazing. And uh, you all hear God. And it's not just Trevor or Kevin or Coraline or Lena that are up here. But when we go back, like, you hear God, you can walk in everything they're walking in. God has called you to live it out every day. And that's, that's really when... We, um, just going to share for a few minutes. Um, 
a little bit about resurgence corporately. We do this each year at the advance and just some vision of where we're going as a ministry and and just as a community and where we feel God kind of taking it. And so I want to share that and then give an opportunity to just get involved in three ways. And uh, and then Trevor's going to come this morning uh, and we'll have Karis maybe come up. Karis, I'd love you to do that uh, honor song at some point. So I don't know if you want to even, you can come plus start playing whatever, but I just, that's a song that God put on your heart that you wrote. And I just, it's, there's something so, uh, beautiful on it. And, um, but yeah, just want to share for like two, a few minutes, just uh, resurgence for some of you that maybe this is the first time you've been, you've come out. Uh, God kind of birthed uh, this in 2008. And our vision is to inspire people to arise together. And there's, there's four things, you know, that, that he put on our heart. It was to expect, to experience, to empower and engage. And uh, you know, our vision is a catalytic movement, and we feel that we're a movement. And, uh, and so expect, eagerly anticipate the seemingly impossible, to encounter God's love, to empower, to catalyze individuals to live out their God-given destiny, and to engage, to unite, serve, and influence communities for His kingdom. And it's funny, when you, we read that again, and we wrote that as a lead team a few years ago, and it's funny, even you start read some words like, unite. Like, I believe even in this season, we've seen a lot of unity with the burn and just different words keep in power in this season with, with community. So it's just interesting how God is highlighting at different seasons, the different words and, and what he's birthed. And so um, in 2008, it was just this just idea of uh, let's gather some people, let's, let's invite God into a room. And we started doing three nights of meetings. And I remember, and I've told this story many times, but walked into the theater. We gathered a, a team of people. There was probably 12 of us at the time. And I'm thinking Tara, Chris, Diana was there. And was there anyone else from our original? And Karis. Karis, of course. Sorry. And, and I'm just saying from our original team, there's 12 of us. Many of them are in different parts of the country, don't live here. Nathan, who couldn't be here this weekend, but uh, he actually was praying for us this morning and even sent words of encouragement, and I'm going to read it in a minute, but just what God was feeling. And so it's just amazing how that original team is still part of it and still tracking and still we're doing this. And so we walked into the theater at 5 o'clock, and it was going to start on Thursday at 7. I walked in at 5, and I felt the Lord say, this is not about a night, but this is a movement. This is about a lifestyle to live it out every day. And I'm like, you know, it's great. That's great to hear that, but there's no one in the theater. So, God, are you calling me to live it out? Like, who, like, we don't know if anyone's going to even show up, you know? And that was the beginning. And, uh, that night, we, we did three nights. In 2009, we did a, two sets of three nights of meetings in, in November and in March. And then in 2010, we're like, God, what are you saying? Because uh, really, we want it to be organic and just say, God, we just want to listen to your heartbeat and follow it. And we believe you're calling a rising again. We don't know how this looks like. We don't have a manual. There's no book, How to Do a Resurgence. Because uh, I've looked for it. It's not, it doesn't exist and I, on Amazon. You know, there's times I'm like, it'd be so easy to have a book. But God puts us on this path where he wants us to listen to his heart and, and to hear him. And so, um, so 2010, you know, we, we start doing monthly gatherings. And we start moving it to church to church. And just really believe that unity started to happen in the body. At first, we were like, we need a building so we can just meet in this building. And then the Lord just, we just thought, okay, well, let's move it to church to church. And you know, it's funny how 
if we would have had a building, we would have been just hidden in this building. But God took us to all these different denominations and churches, and it was just amazing how that just um, was, was just amazing what God was doing. And so that was 2010. 2011, we kept on uh, cruising. That's some of our original artwork there um, and some of our posters and, and colors and some of the original team. Remember, we, like, debated the look and the design, and it was our grungy, uh, grungy logo there. It was really cool in 2008. Um, in, in 2000, uh, and then 2012, you know, we did a resurgence in Lacombe. That was our first, like, okay, we're going to go somewhere else and do a resurgence. Let's see what happens. And then we launched uh, Resurgence Extended, which was, let's just not hold one night, let's hold two nights. Let's call it Extended. Um, d- double, double header. So we did that, and Sean Foyt came, and then we also started the first advance. And so, how many were there at the first advance? Yeah. Come on. So good. Well, it's so good to have you back for the third event. So, that was in 2012. Um, then in 13, we launched some teaching nights. Just thought, let's find some ways to just really teach our values, the things that are really important that God's put on our heart. You know, the values of honor, servanthood, faith, unity, spirit-led, uh, mission. So how do we teach generosity? We even taught on it. So then and we talked about honor and some different things. And then uh, we continued our monthly gatherings. We had our annual uh, extended events. And then we launched uh, the, the burn. And... Uh, Jim Hall with House of Prayer said, what about this idea that we come together? And, and so we held the first one, and I think there was like 18 or 19 different churches involved and at Victory Church on the Rock, and just uh, God moved. There was something very sovereign about the burn and is sovereign about what he's doing in that, and uh, there's just something, unity, he's, he's bringing to the body. And so that happened. And then in 2013, we also, there was a big step where uh, Resurgence took on its first staff member. And uh, this was something that wasn't really in the plan or the cards in the sense when we started. It wasn't the original, okay, someday we're going to, we, we dreamt about it, we talked about it, we joked about it. What if we all work for resurgence? That'd be amazing. We could do all this. And then in 2013, it's just the Lord really, um, some tr- transition in my life. And I was just like, God, what's next? And, and many of you know that story where it was like, I felt God calling me to take the step of faith. And I was like, yeah, but it's, it's a team thing. And we're a team and we're a community. And so I, I even, I, you know, our board was uh, Trevor and, and, and even Kevin and Aaron. I remember calling uh, Kevin the night that there was transition happening. And it was like, yeah. And he goes, you know what you need to do. And I'm like, I called you because I wanted you to say no. And because I, I know Trevor said yes. Ken's like, you should have done this two years ago. But I'm like, Kevin, I'm going to call you because you're like, I grew up. You're safe. And so then Aaron has to get on the phone too. And Aaron gets on the phone and says, you know you have to do this, Trav. And I'm like, oh, why are you guys saying this? I called you for a different answer. And, uh, but, but God was speaking. And God was speaking through friends, dear friends, and, and the board. And just uh, then in my heart, and I spent a month just pressing and go, God, if you're really calling this, if this is a step, this is crazy because financially, there is no way. But you know, when God puts a dream, when God puts something, He provides. And I've preached that. I've talked about it. It's another thing to live it out. And to have faith and to make that leap off the cliff, as, as Kev talked, that, that step and go, I don't even know, I don't have a parachute, and I don't even know how to build a parachute. Like, this does not make sense. And my analytical mind had real trouble with it. Um, but, but God calls us to steps of faith. And so that was in 2013. In 2014, uh, we launched Community. 
And this was something where we were talking as a lead team, what is God saying, and the word community, community, community. So we're like, okay, how do we do that? What does that even look like? And so we just came up with this experiment, this idea. It was five nights. Some of you were part of it. Who was a part of community? Yeah, right on. 52 people signed up. And so we did five nights. We talked about our identity as sons and daughters. And we talked about how, how we're just, uh, you know, the, the roadblocks and that can happen with fear and doubt. But then we also ended with talking about empowering and honor. And uh, it was around tables and it was at Beulah. And so thank you, John, for having us at Beulah and just making that happen. Really appreciate that. And uh, so that was, that was amazing. That was something, as a lead team, we felt like this is new. This felt like in 2008 when we started Resurgence, that new initiative, there was something just really cool in the room where people were just uh, together, and, uh, and, and we really feel that's going to happen again, and so then itinerant ministry in 2014, uh, I got to go to the uh, Dominican Republic on a missions, uh, went out under Resurgence, went out and preached in uh, open-air crusades to, to youth in a the, in the city in Nagua, Dominican Republic, and so that was an amazing privilege. This lady said, we need someone to come, will you come? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, and it was a month away, and I just felt God saying, you need to go. And so resurgence, resurgence made it happen, and I went and was able to preach and speak to 400 pastors and training, leadership, and so it was an amazing thing for six days in the DR, and it was because our community sent me. Um, and, and in Canada, we've been going out in 2014, as a crew of us went to Fort St. John, uh, we were doing a camp social experiment up there with, with Ben, and uh, give it up, why don't everyone from Fort St. John stand up? You came a long way. And we just, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. How many hours is it? Four, nine? Oh, you made good time. It took us nine hours for a did, I think. And that's without the stops. So, um, but yeah. And so we had an amazing time up there. Took a team. Uh, I've been going out. Uh, Karis has been going out different places as, a, as Lord leads. And... Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's part of it. Uh, uh, second Edmonton? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. We've done a, we started another ed- city. I'm not sure what we did. That's in there. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, but typo. So, oh, second Edmonton burn. That's what it is. We did another burn, and the burn got cut off, but we burned. And, uh, and so that was there. That was amazing at Central Baptist. I mean, and just the favor of unity. Uh, some of you know, like two weeks before, uh, Dean and I went to uh, Central Baptist. I got to share in all three services uh, about the Holy Spirit, about just the ministry, about resurgence, about what God was doing. Uh, in it, this lady comes up. She's like, I was so touched what God's doing. I just want to sow. Can I give? I'm like, well, we don't really have, we're not taking an offering. We're here to talk about the burn. She's like, I said, oh, you could go to our website. She's like, what if I have a check and want to give it now? I'm like, we'll take it. <laughs> but, but it was just amazing to just share the vision in, in one of the, the oldest churches in Edmonton, Central Baptist. And, and, and it was just amazing that, you know, God, there's vision over that. And we brought together. I, there was such sovereign move of God in those nights. And, and for those that were there, like Jim and I, we didn't want to touch the mic. It was God's presence was there in such a, such a powerful way. And so um, really amazing. 
To, we also, uh, infrastructure for growth. A lot of time as our team has been trying to, ha- you know, set up things. Just, just set up a ministry. And so we finally, we got a bookkeeper. We've been praying for someone to do the books that knows what they're doing. And uh, we got an amazing person, Sandra, and so she's doing it now. And just, just a real blessing and answer to prayer because it just works perfect. And she has 10 years of experience in, in charities. And is just, so all those things are kind of what 2014. But if you want to go to the next slide, I want to share a little bit just where we're going. And um, uh, those are our values, honor, servanthood, unity, spirit of mission, faith. But the next slide after that would be awesome. Cool. So we really feel um, community. You know, community is something that God has birthed, and it's going to get stronger and bigger. We're a movement, and, and, and I, I call you to be a part of it. Uh, and so the, one of the ways that we just call you to be a part of this is community. And so this, this spring, we're going to do uh, something again. We're going to experiment. We're, we're learning at it. We tried it. We, we, we put out some surveys to kind of hear your response as a community. What, what could we make it better? And, and how could we, uh, even the topics and the different things and teachers. But I believe there's people in our community that need to teach and need to. And I, I was so um, overjoyed to hear the different voices that we're sharing and to hear the stories of testimonies. Even this morning we hear testimonies. But when I know your story, then I can actually honor you and see, see where you're at. And it, there's something about learning people's stories. And I just think that was so powerful. And, and so we as a team been praying and really feel to do that again. We're, we're going to do something again. We're also going to do something again with same topics, but then something again in the future with new topics about how to live it out every day in our workplace and our life. And so there's going to be some opportunities, uh, gatherings, new cities to go out. You know, we really felt, actually last year I stood here and I said, we're going to go to new cities, we're going to do maybe a tour and things. And it's funny, you know, we just, we, we, we've been talking about identity um, individually, but I feel like even in this last year, God corporately has really helped firm our identity. And I felt like um, we actually pulled the plug on not doing any tour things because we just felt like, no, we just got to do what we're doing and allow God to open the doors and not to push it. And not to, not to push things, not to just to go to places because that's what we've seen done by other ministries. But God, and, and perform, but just do who we're meant to be. Be who we're meant to be, not do, but be. And so that as a ministry, we've been doing that. And it's been a real, just of, of building the infrastructure, getting healthy, those kind of things. But we really feel that new cities, and uh, even this last week, we met as a lead team, and we're like, what cities? And six months ago, we put on a Fort McMurray just kind of felt God saying Fort McMurray. And uh, and story in that is somebody said, oh, I should connect you with the church in Fort McMurray. This uh, uh, Steve Herzog at the Bible school, I should connect you. And I said, okay, well, maybe I'll email you and you could connect me. And, and, but then I felt like the Lord said, don't, don't do that. Just let me open the door. Okay. So a few months go by, a few months go by. I'm at line at Tim Hortons in Saskatoon at a conference. The guy in front of me, Start talking. Where are you from? I'm the senior pastor in Fort McMurray. Okay, really cool. He goes, oh, do you have your card? So give me a card. Great. Didn't talk to him since. Didn't follow. They just, he didn't give me his card. So I just kind of left it. I'm at a meeting uh, four weeks ago. Uh, all these pastors are there. There's no room left. I go sit at this table. I'm like, I don't know anyone at this table. It's like, oh, I wish I knew somebody. You know, you sit down. And all of a sudden, there's two spots left. These two people come in late. It's that same pastor. He sits beside me. Oh, I met you before. Uh, so what do you do? Then I start sharing about resurgence. He's like, his wife's like, you need to come up to Fort McMurray. I said, yeah, I'd love to. 
So I talked to their youth pastor this week, who I know really well, and so we're just dreaming about Fort McMurray, about taking the team, going up there, and just, just, just pouring out. And so it's like God's going to open cities, and we really feel He's going to open the door, and we're just going to go through it. So in Canada, I shared at the last resurgence, you know, Isaiah 66. You know, who has ever heard of such a thing? Who can ever seen such things? Ever seen such things? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? I believe really God is birthing something for Canada in resurgence. We've known this as a team, but it's bigger than Edmonton. And I don't know what it looks like. I have no idea. But I believe there's something big that we're supposed to be a part of as a movement. And so we're just dreaming. We're praying about it. Would you pray with us? Uh, Maybe to do stuff in different parts of Canada. I don't know. As the Lord opens. But there's something where to believe for Canada. You know, and part of me goes, oh, well, i got to believe for my neighborhood. You know, can a nation be saved in a day? Can I be, you know, can my neighbor be saved? And so I've always kind of been pulled it back to my neighbor. But I felt like God's saying, you're thinking too small. you got to start thinking bigger. And so that's just something. It's like, do we actually believe it? Canada could be saved. And so that's something we're going to continue uh, living the values, raising people up. We really believe that, raising people up to go out. And every day, and in missions, we're praying missions. God, where do you want us to go? And feel like we're going to send teams out. And they're going to go and come back even more energized to believe for Canada. And I believe there's something powerful in that. But, yeah, we're just kind of letting God open the doors and go through those doors. And so then media, too, global reach. And uh, you can go to the next slide, but... Um, part of it is how do we get there? We believe it's through community. It's God moving through each of you. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the scripture that, that we've used and that God has really put on our hearts is um, in Luke 5, 7. And uh, it says that, you know, the, so they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and take hold. That there were so many fish that the nets broke. And so they signaled the partners. And the words that God gave is the dream involves you. And we know as a lead team, there is no way we can ever see any of that future stuff if it's not bigger than us. It's bigger than me, bigger than Diana, Dean, Karis, David. It it has to be bigger. It has to be a community thing. And it's God bringing the right people together, speaking to us as as a community, and us going forward together. And we just know that. And so, so I, I want to give some opportunities this morning. We as a team prayed about it. We just want to give some opportunities. We did this last year. And it's funny, the amount of people that have just go, yeah, I'm in. And so this morning, I want to call you to be a part of this movement, to be a part of it. And some of you are like, I, I don't get totally what it is. Like, you're not a church, but you're this movement. We're, we're, just, we're just doing what God's called us to do. And so we, we don't really put walls on what we're not or what we are. We're just this movement, and we're going for it. And we invite you to join us. And, um, and so a few of the ways uh, is, is volunteer, is volunteer, is to serve. Uh, there are opportunities to serve at our monthly events and in just greeting people. I, I, I just really feel that everyone that comes to Resurgence should feel so welcome and so part of our community. We talk about community. We do community nights. But when someone new comes, do they actually feel it and know it and feel that community? What does that look like? And I feel there's areas, prayer ministry, developing a prayer team. We really feel that we need a significant prayer team and altar ministry team. And and so things like that, just serving. Uh, Diana organizes and kind of helps head up a whole area where volunteers come and there's, there's food after to develop community. How many appreciate the food after and hanging out? Yeah. 
all the guys put their hand up. Danny's got his two hands up, just receiving, just take it, Danny. And, you know, loving the food. And, but you know what? It takes people, and it's, it's Colette and her team and others and so many others. And I can't even start naming names because there's, there's names, and like there's just all around here. But I, I would ask you, would you be involved in that? Would maybe you pray about, hey, yeah, I can step up, you know, and I, I, want, to, I want to help. And, and, and there's been people vacuuming. Sometimes when we have to clean up, all those things that just have to happen, sound. You know, there's opportunities for sound and media. We want to we wanna grow in that area. And Dave, you know, heads that up. And I know he, he would love to not have to do sound at every, every resurgence. And so, so he's developing a team. And it's amazing there are already people that are showing interest and so that, that's amazing. And so that's volunteering to serve, community, table leaders, things like that. There's opportunity here. And so we just put that out there and say, we want you to be a part of this. We invite you to be a part of it. The next thing is prayer. And um, uh, prayer. You know, uh, there's a church in New York that their prayer meeting is their most significant thing of the week. And I, it's the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. And I always think of that. And I'm like, wouldn't it be amazing that the prayer meeting be the, the biggest thing, that where prayer is just, there's such a sound coming out of the prayer room. And so we're developing pre-service prayer at 6 o'clock before every resurgence. We invite you to be part of it. Dean provides leadership to that. And sometimes he's there. Natty is there. There's different people that come. Grants come. There's different people. But sometimes it's, it's smaller. And, and I just really feel, my heart is to see that grow. Could, could that be the meeting where the meeting with God, there's such a prayer room that we just maybe call everyone to come into the prayer room instead of, you know, like, like where God just shows up in the prayer room and there's something where we're crying out to God and there's a culture of prayer. And I feel he wants to raise that up. Even a network of prayer people. We need a network. Even maybe you won't be going out to Fort McMurray, but there people are and we need you to pray. We need your covering. We need your support. We need that. And, and so there, there's, we can all do our part, whatever that looks like, small or big. And so I invite you to be a part of that. And if any of those areas you're like, I want to be a part, you can just email info. You can see any of our lead team. They can connect. Diana can connect you. Just, just get your info. And maybe it's a small part. Like community people who serve don't serve every resurgence. It's just once in a while. And so if we know that, oh yeah, put me on the list, you know, every third, that'd be awesome we love it and you know what we want to build a community with even in that because you're connecting with others you're hanging out and so there's something to that so and the third thing uh is to to partner with partner with us through finance and um and so on your uh, chairs today you have these sheets and if you just want to pull it out this is something that we made about a year and a half ago we never had this we never had partners, um, and God even put it on some people's hearts to start, hey, I want to partner with you. Well, we don't really have that, but God knew where we were going that we would need it, and he spoke to people and said, you need to start giving. And so this is an opportunity that we give for you to partner with us financially. And um, there's something, you know, it, it's, it's one thing that prayer, volunteers and stuff, but the reality is to run a ministry uh, takes finances. And we don't have, there's no organization that's underwriting us. Resurgence is completely uh, from the community of God's people that are saying, yes, we believe in it. We're behind it. And it's you. And I want to even honor, there's probably 20-some partners in this room that partner monthly with us already. And I want to say, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're here because of your giving, because God laid it on your heart to give and, and to sow. And I thank you for your monthly contributions. 
because uh, this is possible. Lives are being changed because you said yes. Lives are being changed because your monthly giving. And so I want to uh, give an opportunity this morning for you to prayerfully consider uh, being a part of this. Um, if I were to ask you this morning, who has a loony? Anyone got a loony? Got a loony? Going once, going twice. People reach you. you got a loony? Oh, I got a loony. Okay. So if I took your loony, can I have your loony? <laughs> Scott took it. I think that's my loony now. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to you. So that loony, um, that loony, actually give it back to me so I can hold it up. But then you can have it. Uh, thanks, Therese. Uh, uh, do you miss this loony? You miss it? This is your favorite loony? But if I were to ask you to give a loony every day, would you miss it? Like, what can you even buy with a loony these days? You can't even buy a pop. I think it's like, well, how much is a can of pop? I don't know, it's like $1.50 or two twenty-five, two bucks. So a loony can't even buy a can of pop. Uh, you can't buy a Timmy's. You can't buy Starbucks for sure. Um, and, and so, you know, if... If you were to give a loony every day, would you really miss it? And here's an opportunity. That's what partnership is. It's, 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 it's giving and sowing in to, to the ministry. And so we ask partners like 30 bucks a month. It's a dollar. It's a loony a day. And, and for some, your loony is $5 a day, $10. Some, that, you don't miss $10. You just, that's where you're at financially. For others, your loony is maybe 50 cents a day. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's your financial, wherever you're at. But I guess we ask you, would you consider prayerfully giving to something that's in Canada, that's in Edmonton, that's it's not overseas, your money's not going to the States, to a ministry. It's in Edmonton. It's believing in something that's happening, and you're a part of it. And so we ask you to prayerfully consider just being a part of it. And so this morning, we're going to go back into worship, and we're going to... Uh, just, uh, Karis is going to sing, but I just want you, as the worship starts, to just pray and go, God, what part of this do you want me to play? Whether it's prayer, whether it's serving, whether it's uh, becoming a monthly financial partner. And so there are these forms. There's also an envelope that you can actually uh, put the form in, and then there's an offering card. And maybe you say this morning, you know what, I can't be a partner, that's not where I'm at. But would you, would you be maybe considered giving a one-time gift? One time sewing it in and sewing in, you get a tax receipt, but there's opportunities to do that. You can write your checks to resurgence. You can, uh, there's going to be a table. It's right in the middle that has the debit and visa machine. Maybe you want to give that way, um, but you can, you can do that this morning. And so worship's going to happen, and what we're going to do is we're going to take an offering. And I, I just take the offering and, a, and, and an opportunity to partner. And so there are, there's a table in the middle with pens on it, the debit machine, and, and, a, and a basket. And so as worship happens, a part of our worship is to give of our lives, give of ourselves, but also to give financially. And so if you'd want to give this morning, it's, it's in the middle. And uh, as worship happens, just, just go to the back. There's pens. You can fill it out. But honestly, thank you so much in advance because without it, um, we, we can't do it, but we just really believe this is a season of growth and going forward. And, and we are really believing uh, in the next two years, we've even made goals of the next two years as a ministry where we're going. And I call you to be a part of this this morning. And so I'm going to pray, and we're just going to ask the Lord to reveal. I, I don't want you to do it because you feel guilty or my persuasive words. I want you to do it because God speaks to you and you go, I want to be a part of this. I'm in. And, and whether you give or you just attend our things, uh, you're part of this community. 
And so I call you to be a part of this community in a, in a bigger way. We're going forward and we need you to be a part of it. So, yeah, why don't we just pray. God, I thank you that your presence is here this morning. I thank you that your spirit is in this room. I thank you for what you've done in lives. I thank you, God, for this community. I thank you for every single life that's here. I thank you, God, for a resurgence that's happened in lives and hearts. I thank you for the city of Edmonton, but the nation of Canada. And God, we pray for the nation to be saved today. We pray that that, that like that flower, that gold would be released over the cities in Canada and for Edmonton. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you that you're doing great things. And I thank you that this is just the beginning. And so, God, just lay on our heart this morning what part of it we play. What part the dream involves us. Is it, is it partnering? Is it giving? Is it serving? Is it prayer? God, what part do you want us to play? Reveal that to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Diana is going to be at the table. If you have any questions, you want to know how to give, all that, you can go. And Karis, would you just lead us?
Thank you, Daddy. Ah, you're so good, eh? Isn't he good? You can sit down. Yes, thank you, Karis. You're good, too. You're God's favorite. You are. I'm God's favorite. You're God's favorite. You're all God's favorite. Live like it, eh? Oh. Sundays are always the worst... uh, uh, for me, not at retreats or whatever, but actually I haven't done a lot of retreats in a long time, but, um, cause I really, I don't like missing where, where I'm from, like whatever own tribe in Winnipeg there we planted. I, I don't know. I thought I talked about this, but I've had all these people ask me, uh, I lead a church in Winnipeg. It's called catch the fire Winnipeg. And, um, we planted, we started with 14 people in a house in, uh, September 22nd like this, not this last one, but a year ago, September, so just over a year. And then we rented a facility because that group grew. And so we rented a facility in uh, January. And then um, we launched publicly in uh, March. Okay. So we haven't been, we've been going since March publicly, basically and stuff. And our, 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 um, our services, like what God does on Sundays, it's just been profound. Um, when you hear the word revival, you think of, uh, you know, meetings where thousands of people come and things like this, and you have these church gatherings and whatnot. But God's really awakening so many people. We're in a, we're, there's just testimony after testimony after testimony. People are being saved and changed, and it's just awesome. So Sundays, uh, for example, um, uh, you almost have to experience it to... to, to um, understand it. So if you're ever in Winnipeg, you're welcome to join us. And uh, check us out on, uh, you can connect with me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I don't even know what my Twitter thing is. I think it's T-Dog something. Uh, I don't know. Janelle, what's my Twitter account? Okay. Anyway, but um, yeah, we're also on on Crackbook and uh, we're also on... uh, but if you want to see what's happening or connect with us uh, through 
what's happening in Winnipeg. It's, it's uh, Catch the Fire Winnipeg. We don't even have a website. We don't have anything like that at all but, uh, yet, but it's coming. And uh, anyway, um, so good. Mm-hmm. T-Dog Meyer. Dog is spelled D-A-W-G. Like dog. So it's T-Dog Meyer. You know, it's, it was Laws that named me that, eh? Did you know that, Mooch? Yeah, it was, yeah. Tim, he nicknamed me that. So anyway, that's funny. But, oh yeah. So, how's everybody doing? You guys tired? No? Wow, that's great. I'm not really tired either. I feel pretty good. Uh, from the board, though, I'd like to just... Uh, honor you guys and, and uh, thank you for supporting Resurgence, you know. Um, it's one thing to uh, hear from the Lord and say, hey, I really feel like you're supposed to do this. And so we tell Travis to jump out of the boat, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, I think you should go for it and, and, and do this, in, you know, in faith. Um, and we're going to trust God to come to the table and whatnot. But God coming to the table to support a ministry means people writing checks, and you know what I mean? That's really what it means. And so uh, we just honor you for that, that uh, you heard the Lord too. And I think I can sh- I, I'll share on behalf of Travis as well, as we do, uh, it's our heart as uh, our ministry back in Winnipeg too, is that um, we just want you to be a part of this if you feel called to be a part of it. Like there's no obligation to be a part of it, okay? You, there's no pressure. Because if you feel like we're pressuring you to be part of something you're not called to be part of, then we're going to have to pressure you to keep you involved in it. But if God calls you to be a part of something, whether it be financially or prayer or being on board with something, if God calls you to be a part of it, then God's the one that will keep you involved in it. You know what I mean? So it takes the pressure off leaders and preachers and pastors. So then there's no obligation or manipulation or whatever. You know what I mean? So it kind of sets people free, doesn't it? Hey? So when we planted the church, we said, we're like, you know what? God will call. God spoke to our hearts and said, I'll just call the people to be along, come along. And we're absolutely content if we had 15 people for the rest of our lives till Jesus comes. I'd be so cool with that. Because if that's what he wants, then that's, that's fine, you know. We're not trying to build a crowd, and neither is resurgence, you know. We're, uh, uh, we believe that God's going to call certain people to be part of it. And so it's, it's really, it's that uh, position of sonship and not striving for things, you know. So anyway... I want, to, uh, I want to close out the weekend with something that will hopefully help us when we go back to, uh, to our homes and whatnot. Um, there's uh, a really practical side of the kingdom, okay, like super practical. And I'd like to connect on that. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Um, <clears throat> now after this, the Lord chose and appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place that he himself was about to visit. And he said to them, The harvest is indeed abundant. There's much grain, but the farmhands are few, or the laborers are few. Pray therefore, the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Go your way. Behold, I send you out like lambs. Somebody say lambs. Into the midst of wolves. Somebody say wolves. That's such a, that's such a powerful statement right there. He's sending us out as lambs among wolves, okay? And um, God is so hugely confident in himself, he decided to just send you out in the pack of wolves. Just like that. He's completely confident in himself. Remember, we're in Christ, right? We are in Jesus' name. So when I go out, I can absolutely go out into a pack of wolves as a lamb because I'm in Jesus' name, okay? So I'm not going to become a lamb chop in Jesus' name, right? You know what I mean? So he's so confident, so he does this. And then he says this, carry no purse, no provisions bag, no change of sandals, refrain from saluting and wishing well along your way. In other words, you know, you're about, you're, you're, you have an assignment, okay? There's a difference between going through life and, uh, you know, just kind of floating along where you go through life that you are on a mission, okay? I have an assignment. Sometimes I get pretty caught up in what I'm assigned to do that I, that I get um, almost like tunnel vision and it seems like I'm rude to people because I'm not even thinking about anyone else but what I'm doing, you know? And even sometimes when I come to meetings and whatnot, I'll be so focused on what I feel the Lord wants to say that I'll actually ignore people just so I can stay locked into what God's saying because I, I don't really want to... I, I love you all, but I, I just need to stay locked in here. You know what I mean? And uh, he's, it, it's almost like that. When you go to these towns and places, so when you go back home now, uh, get this. I understand you're going to see people and whatnot, but I, I pray that God would give you uh, the eyes of his assignment for you where you are, you know? Um, Jesus was never uh, compelled by need, okay? Jesus wasn't, he wasn't driven by need. He was, he was driven by call. We have a thing in, in, our, in our ministry, we say, uh, the need is, is not the call. So you're going to have lots of needs around you, and you can be overwhelmed by need. But Jesus only did what he saw his father doing, okay? At one time, uh, you know, it says there, it says that, that uh, the presence of the Lord was there to heal, and anyone who touched him was healed, you know? Then another time, he's walking through a crowd, and all these people are touching him, but one lady gets mentioned that she was healed, right? Do you know what I'm saying? So um, he, he did what he saw his father doing, nothing more, nothing less. That was it. So the key is for you to see and, and get the assignment from the father, and uh, that way you, you're not needs-driven. Listen, if you're needs-driven, you'll burn out. If you're needs-driven, you're going to be, you'll be, you'll go nuts. Like, you'll go loopy. You'll go cuckoo, Okay. Uh, there are so many needs. Like, pick one. There's a, that's why. That's why it's like, like uh, you know, Paul said, don't don't give out of compulsion. Don't give to something because you're. It's like, oh, do I feel obligated? I need to do something. You know, well, you go broke. Don't be stupid. It's investing. It's not. It's not. It's not like scattering, just throwing your seed all over the place. It's like investing, right? You're not going to, if you're going to invest in the stock market, you're not going to just go and throw like three cents in everything you can find, right? It's like, I'm just going to throw it out there and see, hopefully something works, you know? No, Jesus didn't operate like that. And even in this, he's saying, go for it. Don't salute anyone on your way as you're going. In other words, be about your business, follow where I'm leading you and go for it, right? Doesn't mean don't be friendly because then he gets into it. He says, then when you go to a town, when you get to someone's house, it says there, it says, whatever house you enter, First say to it, peace be to this household. Okay? And if anyone worthy of peace is there in the house, it'll rest on him. But if, it's, if, it, if there's not anyone worthy to receive the blessing, it'll come back to you and rest on you. 
and stay in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you go into a town and they receive you and accept you and welcome you, eat what's set before you. While you're there, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. Okay? This is really a big deal. This is about, listen, you're not called to um, bring people into the kingdom. You're called to take the kingdom to people. It's a big difference. We have a thing in our church. We say we're an inside-out church. In other words, we live inside-out. We believe that God wants to change us from the inside-out. We're not trying to discipline ourselves from the outside in to change our behavior so we can be holy. No, no, we are holy, and from that holiness we live out. Holiness is not an eternal straitjacket, okay? Uh, holiness is a, is a, like I said last night, how Abram, when, when, when the Lord appeared to Abram, he said, you know, walk before me and you'll be perfect. Look upon my faces and you'll be perfect. Right? So as you just gaze upon him and behold him, in that place, boom, you're transformed into the likeness of him. And then out of that, you produce the fruit of him. Okay? So it's from the inside out. Um, anyway, so the practical side of the kingdom, this is cool. Uh, you know, in Romans fourteen seventeen, I alluded it. His kingdom is not about what you do or don't do, what you eat or drink, but his kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, it's righteousness that comes from the Holy Spirit, it's peace that comes from the Holy Spirit, and it's joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's a beautiful thing. It's a big difference between joy and happiness. Happiness has a lot to do with what's happening and happenstance and things that are happening. Joy is a deep-seated joy. It's the presence of something that it doesn't matter what's going on around you, you can be happy, happy, happy because you got the joy, you know? And the thing about this is, and, and the joy and the righteousness and peace that he's talking about here in Romans fourteen seventeen, it's not something that came from the outside in, from doing something wherever. It came from him, came from the Holy Spirit. The peace is in the Holy Spirit. The joy is in the Holy Spirit. The, the righteousness is in the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Don't ask God. Say, oh, God, I want to be more fruitful. You know, God, um, give me more patience. That would be a stupid prayer anyway. But anyway, <laughs> what happens when you ask for patience? You get trials of all kinds. Anyway, uh, no, but patience or, Lord, you know what? Just give me more love and stuff. Listen, it don't, you don't ask for the fruit of the Spirit. You produce the fruit of the Spirit, Okay. If you produced it yourself, it would be the fruit of you, but it's called the fruit of the Spirit for a reason because it's, it's, it's fruit from the Spirit. You get that? That should set somebody free. It really should. People are striving to like be more patient or try to be more loving. You can't be more loving on your own. You, it has to come from the inside out. There's something that it has to take place inside of you that you experience and encounter his love and all of a sudden, whoa, it starts coming out of you and you start producing fruit of the spirit. I've said this here probably before, but you don't see an orange tree out there like grunting and groaning and moaning to try to produce an orange. You know? Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm so glad that came out. That would have been painful if it got any bigger. Anyway, do you follow what I'm saying? Like fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's not a painful uh, striving to produce. It's something that happens. And so now I want to talk particularly, as it says in Luke chapter 10 here, he says, when you go into a house, just release the peace of heaven there, okay? Release the atmosphere. The atmosphere of heaven is peace, okay? Um, and so he says, go into a house and just say, peace be unto this house. 
And uh, if there's someone there that's worthy of it to receive it, then it'll come upon them. But if, if, if there's no one there to receive it, then it's actually going to come back on you. So you got nothing to lose, right? It's like, if, listen, if you don't want to receive this, then I'll just take it. Thank you very much. And I've just blessed myself. Um, and so, but in the world system, peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of war. Peace is the absence of turmoil, okay? If there was fighting in a home or something like that, and all of a sudden the fighting stops, it's like, oh, that's better. That's peaceful. Well, in the kingdom, peace isn't the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of something, okay? It's a tangible presence, okay? Um, We'll look at this in a second here, and we'll see how Jesus operated in this and what he did. But he's trying, Jesus even said there, he said, you know, uh, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives peace or has peace, but my peace is actually different than that, right? And so um, when you read about the peace of, of God and, the, and, you know, the kingdom, that is, his kingdom that is peace, all that kind of stuff, understand that it is the presence of something, it's not the absence of something. So when you walk into a place, it's not like you calm the place down because you're super chill. No, no, you walk into a place, you release something into the atmosphere that changes the atmosphere. Because what you carry is superior to what you encounter. If you're not aware that what you carry and who you carry is superior to what you're going to encounter, your circumstances will always dictate. You'll be a slave to your circumstances. But if you're aware of who you carry and what you carry, then when you enter into a situation, what you carry and who you carry is superior to what you encounter. And then that's how things shift before you, you know. And uh, Jesus modeled this lifestyle. And it's just fun. It's really fun to practice with, too. Um, The opposite of peace, or or one of the um, antidotes of peace, I guess that's the word for it, like something that's... Not necessarily the opposite, but you think of peace and it's like tranquility and, ah, yeah, whoa, so good. Well, the opposite of that would be like anxiety, fear, dread, that kind of thing, right? Um, Fear is literally, uh, is the expectation of evil. It's the painful emotion or passion excited by the expectation of evil, okay? Um, Apprehension of impending danger, anxiety, alarm, dread. It's an emotionally, emotional emotion based on false perception. That's what fear is. That's just a literal definition definition of fear. Um, It's interesting. uh, In Canada, there there is an anxiety revival happening in Canada. And I, I'm, I'm on a mission to really abolish this revival of anxiety in Canada. That's, that's what, one of the things I feel called to. And that's uh, that I would release peace, that I would see, and we've seen it too. We've seen, um, we saw the, one of the neatest testimonies is as we begin to release peace over this one guy, he encountered the peace of God. And uh, after being diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and been on heavy, heavy meds for years and years and years, uh, God absolutely completely delivered him. And his doctor, I would never tell anyone, don't be stupid and go off your meds if you're on meds. Let your doctor take you off your meds, okay? I get there's faith, there's presumption, and there's stupidity, okay? And I think, listen, if God's really doing something, then why do you have to stay away from your doctor? Go to your doctor and say, praise God, God did something to, you know, in me and to me, and I'm so excited about it. Hey, just go ahead and check it out, you know? And it's a testimony to your doctor, right? Uh, It's not weird, okay? And so, anyway, um, this guy, he goes to his doctor, and his doctor takes him off all meds. He goes, I've, I'm clinically declaring you uh, absolutely sound in mind. Like you're, and and, and he, he was totally, like, it was, it's wild. Like, it's profound, okay? And um, anyway, in Montreal especially, I don't know what it is about Montreal, but on June 22nd, uh, 
2011, uh, an article came out in the Montreal Gazette discussing uh, anxiety and fear and uh, antidepressants and all that kind of stuff and the amount of um, uh, medication that that Quebec in in that in Quebec in the Quebec region there were uh, prescribing. They tested fish from the river, and they find they found high doses of Prozac in the fish. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They must have just been super chilly. Eh? <laughs> Swim it alone. What's wrong with these fish? Well, I don't know. Let's test them and see. So they test them. But, um, and they say it's from, well, from a few things. But obviously, your, your body doesn't process every bit of the chemical. And so as you take a leak, you pass out, you know, some of the, And so, and obviously, you know, our systems here. I mean, you could check the Saskatchewan River in Edmonton. You'd probably find all kinds of stuff in there, right? Um, you know, it's all, I know it's environmentally good and everything. But let's just face it. There's stuff that gets put in the river, right? I have a friend who was water skiing in the Red River in Winnipeg and uh, came out and had a piece of feces on his leg, you know. <laughs> wake you up, eh? Isn't that disgusting? So I go, yeah, but we're treating it all. It's all good. It's all great. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. You want to go fishing? Yeah, no, that's okay, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but the point is, so in Montreal, they tested these fish, and there were high levels of, of antidepressants and different medications in them. Um, in Quebec alone, uh, they say that um, uh, one in four people take one pill per day to combat anxiety and fear. Okay? That's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, 555 million antidepressant uh, uh, pills per year are prescribed, not including psych hospitals in Quebec. I'm just using Quebec because it was an easy stat. I read the article and it was fascinating. The point is... Um, there is a real fear and an anxiety revival. That's why it's so important. I believe it was even very prophetic when Jesus talked like this back in Luke chapter 10, saying, listen, when you go to your towns, your homes, your places where you work, at school, at college, whatever, you need to be aware of, 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 of who you carry and who you're in and what you carry because you can release peace to change situations, okay? And, uh, and so this whole thing, I think the best way to combat the the, the fear revival and the anxiety revival is, um, is to release peace, you know? Just be super chill, yeah? Fear, it, uh, it uh, affects you in, in many ways. It affects you physically. Uh, it affects you spiritually. It affects you emotionally, um, psychologically, you know? Physically, and, and many, some, there are people in this room, and you have this, you know? Physically, fear affects you. You can have diarrhea because of fear. You can have sleeplessness, insomnia because of fear, indigestion, hyperactivity, um, cardiovascular issues because of fear. All these things are directly connected to fear. And uh, these are some things that um, you may be even dealing with. Um, Psychologically, it's demoralizing. It's discouraging. It distorts reality. It warps perception. Um, And then spiritually, it carries over. We question our relationship with God at times. We doubt, even doubt salvation. We doubt his love. We doubt provision. It's a devil. I'm telling you, that, that fear is such a devil. I hate it. Like, I just hate it. I'm going to war against it, you know? Um, huh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story. So my son, I, I um, uh, personally, um, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed, uh, I love, like, dirt bikes and snowmobiles and stuff. And I race dirt bikes when I was younger, and a little bit when I was older, but things shifted now. I, I don't uh, do the motocross anymore. I do hair scrambles, which are 
like single track racing through the bush and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Physically exhausting. It's great. Anyway, um, and so I love that. And so my, my kids, uh, Janelle has a bike. And, and uh, first time, though, my son Carter has this little bike, a little PW50. Um, and it's like a small little bike, but I can ride on it, too. It's pretty funny to see. <laughs> anyway, so, so here we are. We're, uh, Carter's out on, this, um, out on this bike. And I said, okay, buddy. And it's got a governor on it, so you can tune it down a little bit so it doesn't go quite as fast. And um, he's never, he wanted to ride his bike. Well, he didn't even know how to ride a pedal bike yet without training wheels, okay? So I said, okay, buddy, first you got to get off your training wheels. Then we'll put you on your dirt bike. Okay, good. So he gets out there, and then he got on his pedal bike, and he did like two little laps on the street in his pedal bike with no training wheels. Okay, let's go on the dirt bike, you know? Okay, hang on. Anyway, a few weekends passed, and uh, it was like Easter weekend. We went to Saskatchewan where I grew up on the farm, and, and uh, we went out, and the road was really the only dry place to ride at the time. So Carter's out there on his bike, and I get him going. And as I'm getting him going, I just let go of the fender. I realize I forgot to govern it down. Well, all he does, he just, he just take, grabs a handful of throttle, and he's gone. And I'm like, ah! I'm like running after him as hard as I can go, and I can't. There's no way I can catch him. Well, what happens? Okay, well, he gets squirrely like this. And uh, does anyone ride here? You ride dirt bikes or you ride race or anything? Okay. You know what whiskey throttle is? It's like when you, it's when you, it's when you start getting crazy and out of control and just rah, like that, like as you kind of fall off, he whiskey throttles it. And anyway... So he, he goes flying, he goes off into the ditch, and the bike, he goes off the bike, he's wearing rubber boots, he's wearing a helmet, got a good helmet and stuff, but he wasn't wearing, he wasn't geared up yet, and he just wanted to go, so I let him go. Anyway, he goes flying, the bike goes, the bike goes end over end, and he goes flying, and his boots go, woo, both boots go flying off, and, uh, and he, his helmet, his, the chin bar just goes down like this, and his goggles are down, he's got a mouth full of gravel, and he, he's just crying, and he gets up, but he's not... He's not, as, uh, he's not as hurt as he is mad, you know. And he gets up, and I take his helmet off, and he's spinning, and he goes, I hate this bike, he said. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, I want to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I thought that was a funny response, eh? But I knew something that happened, though, at that moment. I knew that if he didn't get back on the bike and ride again, he'd never want to ride this bike. Because if fear takes root in his heart, he's just going to remember that bad, bad experience, Right? And uh, so I just said to him, I said, listen, son, I said, you know what? Um, that was my fault. I should have governed it down, and uh, I should have turned it down, made it so that it was easier for you to ride, and I'm sorry for that. I said, do you trust me? And I grabbed him, I held him, and, and he says, yeah. But don't do that again, you know? <laughs> and so I governed it down, so it was almost like it wouldn't even hardly move. I had to actually push it to get it to go. You know what I mean? Like, it was bad. And he was just, like, so in fear. And then... Um, uh, as I governed it down, though, and he felt safe with his father, then he was able to step out again and try it again, right? And so the next day then, he tried it again, and he, just, he, could, he wouldn't get off it all day. And then you just governed it up, 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 and so finally he's just flying in this thing. He sold the bike, got a new bike, bigger bike, and this one is too big. I don't know what it is with dads, eh? I'm like, I'm like yeah, you can go for it. And um, anyway, it's big. You can hardly touch on it, you know? And it's a 110. I can go. It'll take me at about 45 miles an hour, so... Um, and he's just a little guy. But anyway, so uh, we modified the seat on it and got it recovered so he could sit on it, and it works for him. And now he's going like, yeah. So we're out, and we're out riding, you know, this fall we're out riding, and all of a sudden he comes whipping by me. Whoa! And then he's like looking like, yeah, sucker. 
right? Because he's not living in fear anymore and starts enjoying this thing. But the, the, the deal is, is that um, if you have areas in your life where you've been gripped by fear of something, disappointment, hurt, that kind of thing, uh, I just want to really encourage you just to get back up on the saddle and ride. Because the sooner that you get up and start riding again and start going for it again, uh, the more you, like, you're going to start to enter into this thing where you can start releasing this peace then. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, the enemy would really like to keep you down. And I don't know what it is about, about um, the church world, but really, it really bothers me that so much um, that you see in the church when people screw up or make a mistake or something like that, it's like, you know, it's all about punishment and it's all about, you know, discipline and stuff like this. No, you know what? That's great. I, I get it. We don't, you know, we don't want just, you know, crap to run rampant in the church. But we, God's about restoration and God's about healing and, and love and grace. And you know what I'm saying? Like, um, a lot of the times, you know, you, know why, you know why a lot of people struggle with sin and hang on to their sin and don't deal with their sin and don't go out? Because all they know is that they're going to be shamed and they're going to be hurt by the church, right? The bottom line is when you realize you don't have a dysfunctional father, he actually loves you and he knows everything about you, you have nothing to hide. Like, you really don't. And I would encourage you to find people that you can be with, that you can be so vulnerable with. That's a beautiful thing that I love about the father of our movement that we're part of. I know I could go to him tomorrow and just sit down with him and say, hey, you know what, this is going on. Uh, I'm beating my wife and i got these issues. I mean, okay. Uh, and, 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 and his answer to me, I guarantee you, his answer would be, oh, Trev, that's too bad. So, so what's wrong? I'd be like, well, I'm, I got these issues. I'm beating my wife. I'm beating my kids. Like, I think I got some issues. Okay, well, well what's wrong? Because he knows it's a heart issue. It's not about the stuff that's going on. It's about your heart. And they want your heart to be healed and your heart to be whole, you know? You need to be with people that want wholeness in your heart so that what is supposed to be in your heart can just come out of your heart and set people free. So, anyway. Um, this whole thing, fear, anxiety, dread, all that stuff, that is absolutely anti-kingdom, okay? That's anti, like, that, that is not part of the kingdom. It's opposite, in fact, of the spirit of the kingdom and the heart of the kingdom and the heart of the king. His kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Uh, number 6, 24 uh, through 26. Um, mm, such a good passage, eh? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Okay? Now, the word peace there that he uses means this. It means completeness, wholeness, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, health, prosperity, tranquility, quiet, contentment, friendship with God. Okay? That's what that word means there. So when he says, and may God give you completeness. May he give you soundness and welfare, peace, safety, uh, health, prosperity, tranquility, contentment, friendship with God. That's just what that, that's what that word means. That's a pretty powerful thing. Um, now, this is cool, okay? I don't have time to get through all this stuff, so I've got to shift gears here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses two th- or 6 and 7. What does it say? Does anyone know that one? Front to us, a child is born, okay? What does it say? Somebody read it. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. What does it say? Help me out. unto us a child is born his name will be yeah okay period let's let okay let's here read that in the microphone so everyone can hear that go ahead 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Okay. Paul later talks about the, about the um, uh, Christ being the head of the church and the, and, and the body. We are the body, right? So if we're the body, are the shoulders part of the body or part of the head? Shoulders of the body. I'm just helping you out here, okay? I know it's kind of been a long weekend. So that means that if the, if the government will be on his shoulders, like I get that, carry, Christ carried the government, but now as he went and ascended to heaven, the authority, the government, the governmental authority has been placed on his shoulders, which we are part of his shoulders, okay? We are, so we carry governmental influence, right? So we carry, so that means that we can dictate, we can, um, we have jurisdiction to uh, release things on behalf of the king in his kingdom, okay? I don't have time to get into all that teaching, but anyway. So the government will be, so you carry the government, you carry the authority from the king, you carry governmental authority as a believer because you're part of his body. That's the part of the body that his government's resting on his shoulders. Carry on. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Like, that's one of his names. Peace is one of his names. Wow. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Come on. Of the increase of his government. So it's an ever-increasing government. It's an ever-increasing influence. And that, that's not just governmental influence, but of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. Why? Jesus told us in Luke 10, because you guys, and I'm going to carry this peace and release it everywhere we go. I'm just going to go and release peace. I'm in Starbucks. Peace. Just let her rip. I'm in Tim Hurton's. Peace. I'm in Second Choice or Satan's Cup or Second Cup, whatever you call it. I just release peace, you know, wherever you are. But especially when you're in St. Starbucks, right? And, uh, you just release peace, right? Um, I don't know what it is about Tim Hortons. I, the dark roast does appeal to me, but the other stuff gives me issues in my stomach. Symptoms from fear even, you know? It's like, <laughs> anyway, I think, I don't know what it is, but anyway. Uh, if you could, could you flip over to Isaiah 52.7? What does it say? 52, Isaiah 52.7? It's right in there too. Yeah. Ah, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace. So it's talking in there. He's saying, talking about his feet, how beautiful his feet are, and how beautiful things are. And blessed are the feet of him who brings good news and proclaims peace. And then it's funny because in, in Ephesians 6, it says there, it says, you know, you put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of the righteousness, the belt of truth. Uh, you know, the loins, your loins girded up, all that stuff. And then it says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of? Wow. little connection here, isn't there? Okay. Good to read later. Um, so then he's going through this whole thing. Psalm 85 is powerful about peace, too. You can read it later. Um, 
There's a clash of kingdoms demonstrated in Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. You know the story there. You can read it. They go out on, on the boat, uh, in the boat, and they go out, and all of a sudden this storm comes up of hurricane proportions, it says. They're being overcome. Jesus gets up. They're freaking out. And Jesus released something that he possessed. He released peace. He got up and he said, peace to the storm. And, it, and the storm calmed down. Literally translated says that the storm became exhausted from beating against itself. Like the waves just went whoosh. That's a miracle in itself. Think about that. Storms don't, like a body of water, even a small body of water, doesn't rest like that. Do you know what I mean? It takes a while. Like you can, you can have a huge waves going on, big swells, seven foot swells, and then it takes a while for everything to settle down, like time, right? But this is instantly, it became silent, instantly it calmed down as he released something inside of him. Something Jesus possessed, he released. And uh, it changed everything. It was a clash of the kingdoms. Um, I said this before, the most powerful position in spiritual warfare and living in the kingdom is the place of peace or seated in rest. Um, what you carry is more powerful than what you encounter. So you need to learn to release what you contain. Focus on what you contain on the inside. Don't focus on what's happening on the outside, right? That's why we live from the inside out. We have to live from the inside out, you know. Um, so it's just a big big deal, but it's pretty pretty small, pretty pretty simple. Okay, there's some powerful things I want to just get you here into. In John 14 verse 27, Jesus is talking, and uh, he's getting about ready to leave, and he says this. He says, "Peace I leave with you." Let's let's go there if you don't mind. Go there. Go to John 14. He says, "Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you." Um. Pick it up in verse 27. 27. Peace I live in my own peace I give to you. I bequeath to you. Not as the world gives I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid, okay? Just relax. Um, and he goes on and, and he, he's saying, basically, don't be fearful. Don't live in fear because I'm giving you peace. Receive my peace, okay? So he says that. Then later on in chapter 16... Um, flip it over, 1633, he says again, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. Get, there it is again, in me. When you're in me, you can have perfect peace. In my name, in me, you can have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation, you will have trials, you will have frustration. Okay, but you, I hate that when people leave that there. They say, well, the Bible says you're going to have problems. Yeah, but read the end of the verse, you idiot. Sorry, that was a little bit my unrenewed mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Father, forgive me. I really, I'm sorry. I just sometimes get frustrated. I'm like, serious. I, I want to just slap the stupid out of you. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, he says this, but be of good courage because I've overcome the world. Okay? So if you're in me, you're, sure, crap's going to happen. But guess what? There's something inside of you that's greater than any crap you'll face. And you can just release that. It's called the peace. Yeah. And so anyway, um, so there you go. That's, that's 16. Keep on going, though. Um, this gets really interesting. So now go to 20, John chapter 20. All right. So now, now here we are. So right before Jesus, right before, um, <laughs> right before Jesus left them, they're hanging out in this house, okay? And he says, guys, peace I give to you, okay? 
Now get this, okay? He said, peace. I'm giving you peace. Don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. You're going to go back to Edmonton, wherever you work, wherever you live. Bad stuff's going to happen, but I'm giving you my peace, okay? So be of good courage. Don't let fear get in there. Just release what you contain, okay? Good. Excellent. And then, so Jesus goes. He's crucified. He gives up his life, okay? Then he raises, he's raised from the dead, okay? And then it says there in, um, let's go, John chapter 20. Verse number 19. Now, this is the same. They're, they're meeting now in the same house that they were meeting in prior to Jesus being crucified. So picture that. We're in the same room. One of the last things he said to us was, Peace. I give you my peace. Not as the world gives, but I give you my peace. All right? Don't be, don't be afraid. Bad things are going to happen, but guess what? I've overcome. So don't worry about it. Okay? So now here they are again. It says there, it says that um, then on, the same, on, the, on that same first day of the week, when it was evening, um, probably about Sunday at 8 o'clock, though the disciples were behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood among them. And what does he say? He says the same thing he said just as he left them. He says, he walks in right in the middle of the room, just through the wall, peace. Right? Because they didn't get it the first time. But he says it again. That's pretty cool. Peace to you. Then he showed him his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the, uh, saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. They were so excited, you know. And then Jesus said to him again, okay, what is the next thing he says? Help me out. Peace be with you. He says it again. Do you think he's trying to get a point home here? He's like trying to get something in them. He's like, I want to get this in you. Like it's, you're, you're still not getting hard-headed. Get this. I'm giving you my peace. And then it says to them, then it says there, he breathed. Um, he said, uh, just as the Father sent me, so I'm going to send you out. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, having received the Holy Spirit and being directed uh, by, the Holy, by him, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins, they are retained. Big deal. Forgiveness. Anyway, keep on cruising down to verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were again in the same house, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came in, though they were behind closed doors, and he stood among them. And what else did he say to them? Peace. Hello. Like repetition is the key to learning, but he keeps on saying it over and over and over again. I just think it's brilliant. They were locked in this house. He was talking to them before he died and rose again, and he says, guys, peace. Here it is, peace. And then he goes three days, boom, 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 comes back into the same house. Now they're living in fear, and he walks in, and he dispels the fear by saying, then he says it again, peace. And then eight days later, he walks through the same wall and he says, peace. Like, are you getting this? So there's something that Jesus was trying to communicate here. And they were, they were slowly learning it, slowly getting it. I just think it's brilliant. Okay. We're just going to close with this. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It's a good verse, eh? shared yesterday in the in the session is awesome be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that's a big deal okay how do you pray like like there's something about praying praying things like you know oh god help me with this oh god help me with that oh god help me with this that's one way to pray but he's saying here don't be anxious. So if you want to get it up in your anxious, anxious state, then why don't you pray with thanksgiving? God, I thank you. If you're, let's just pull something out. Let's say, let's say um, 
okay, grandma um, needs a breakthrough. She is, um, she broke her hip and she's in a lot of pain. God, I thank you that right now your life is flowing into her hip. I evict pain like a bad tenant that doesn't pay rent in Jesus' name. I kick you out. Like, I, I get aggressive with this stuff. I hate it. If Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, that, that tells me there was a bit of tenacity in him, you know? He saw something. He's like, no, 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 no. That totally comes against my daddy. Get out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Anyway, instead of saying, oh, God, please help my grandma. Oh, God, Jesus. Oh, Father, Daddy, God, help her, help her, help her. I understand. We're like that sometimes, okay? However, but he's saying here, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Be aware of who you are and what you contain and release that into the situation. So when you pray, let your petitions be known, but pray with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, that you're moving here in Jesus' name. You're moving here in this situation. You know, and it, it changes your posture of praying from begging to believing. It really does. That's what Thanksgiving does. It causes you to believe for stuff, not just to beg for stuff, right? Um, and then he goes on. He says, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay? So I, I, I heard it said, and you even mentioned it yesterday. Um, you said... Uh, if we're not willing, kind of like this paraphrase, but if you want to enter into peace that surpasses your understanding, you need to surrender your right to understand. And if you say, God, you know what? I surrender my right to understand this situation. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why it's going on. I don't get it. But I just surrender that to you. I give it to you. Boom. Then all of a sudden you can accept peace that is beyond your understanding, right? And uh, I think it's a brilliant thing. And it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You got to stay in Christ Jesus. Stay in Christ Jesus, right? When, you, when I say stay there, well, don't you, what do you mean? How can, you said last night that I become one with him, then how could I be outside? It's, it's a position of your, of your mind, really, it's what it is. You are in Christ, but you don't always think like you're in Christ, okay? Because the enemy likes to battle in the mind. The battlefield is in the mind in the soulish realm. And so he plants seeds of lies and stuff. And if you take hold of that and say, yeah, okay, I agree. Yeah, you know what? I am ugly. Yeah, I am. I don't deserve that. Yeah, I'll never come, you know, I'll never have this, that kind of thing. You believe those lies, you empower the enemy. As soon as you cut that lie off, from the end, like you, you cut the, I renounce that. I don't believe that. I confess, and you speak where you are in Christ. The enemy has no legal right to you, and he can't hold you captive to that. You know, it's amazing the way that works. And uh, so, anyway, he'll guard. He'll the peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Yeah. So as you go back to Edmonton, Luke chapter ten. Um, as you go back to Edmonton. Whatever house you enter, whatever coffee shop you enter, whatever classroom you enter, whatever office cubicle you enter, whatever, uh, you know, gym you go to, whatever, wherever, wherever you're doing life, just be aware of what you carry, right? And, and just release that peace places. Just go ahead and release it. Sometimes it, gets, it can get really fun, too, because you can, like I said yesterday, sometimes God will nudge you, and he'll be like, hey, just blast that person, you know, give him a little shot. And he'll be like, you just say, hey, how's it going, you know? 
Oh, not bad. Hey, can I can I get your coffee? Uh, oh, really? No. Yeah, totally. I just want to I just want to bless you. Um, and then uh, and then you just uh, you, you give me a little. Hey, do you want to feel something? <laughs> just hold your hands out like this, and then just release that peace that you carry. It's awesome. And then they get they get this touch. You know what's a really good one too? This is really cool. I I, I want to give you a couple practical things. How can I release the kingdom when I go back home? Really good is this. Um, yeah, totally. You play. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, like you, Jesus didn't say pray for the sick. He said you heal the sick. He said heal the sick. He said heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. Like he's saying, do that. Right. Don't get all religious and say like this, you know, Lord, I, I give this person to you and da 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 No, he said, like, there's a river in you. Just get it done, you know. Take the kingdom to them. So what's fun, whether you have a, a word of knowledge or not, whether, you, whether God tells you somebody needs something or not, just straight up ask them. Say, hey, especially like things like servers in the restaurant and stuff. Hey, listen, um, do you have any pain in your body? Do you have anything wrong with your body? Um, well, I've got a, you know, I've got a bad back or I've got this or that. Oh, cool. Because I, I, um, I do this. I, I, uh, I offer people services in healing. Uh, you know, I'm a healer. And, uh, and I, I would love to do it for free today if, if you like. You never, you hardly ever get turned down. I'm serious. And, and then, no, I'm serious. And then they, and then, so then you say, okay, so all you need to do is just, it's really simple. Just say this thing. Just say this simple. You don't even call it a prayer, but you just say, just say this. Repeat this after me if you don't mind. This healing belongs to me. And then they say it. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus did at the cross. They say, because of what Jesus did at the cross. I receive my healing now by faith. I receive. And then, I, and then you go, okay, give it a check. And usually, I want to tell you something. I've seen, I see greater results outside the church than inside the church. Because it's the Christian people that have this whole unbelief thing that's just all stupid. Okay? Anyway, however, so then, 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 then it's beautiful because then you say to them this and you say, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then a lot, with me anyway, just the way, the, the way I'm wired and what God uses me, and usually there's some words to go with stuff and whatever, but you don't even have to go there. Just totally be like, hey, do you need anything? Need anything? I, I, I'm up today. I could do it for free. You know? And then, and then, um, and then, then when they experience the healing, they say, well, how, how you do? Oh, that's wild. That's bitter. It's great, eh? Yeah. Well, now that you felt him on the outside, do you want to know him on the inside? What do you mean by that? Well, just like he touched Jesus, touched your body and healed your body, uh, he really wants to get inside of you and, and just make your life complete, you know? And then you just introduce him to Jesus, right? Um, so anyway, those are just some practical things. And, and just try it. Give it a go. You know, it was at that restaurant that Kevin, I don't know if you remember this. Aaron, I don't know if you were there, but it was years ago. Kevin's not listening to me right now, but Travis will get him tuned in. Okay, good. Thank you, guys. We were at the pizza restaurant there. What's it called in Sylvan there? Huh? Huh? Obie's. We're at Obie's. Remember when we practiced? We were practicing this on the napkins. Were you there too, Trav, for that? Kevin was there. Were you there, Aaron? No, you were excluded. It was a boys-only party. Okay. Uh, Anyway, and we just sit in there. This is how many years ago? 13 years ago? We're sitting, huh? Yeah. We're just sitting in there, and we're like, okay, let's practice. And we sit down, and we all have our napkins. And I said, okay, what's God saying about that guy right there, across there, and the table across the thing? And so we just write down, and then we compare notes. And we look, and it's wild, because about, probably, conservatively speaking, 80% of our notes, the notes that we wrote, were all the same thing, what God was saying about the person, you know? Like, just practice. 
Start by practicing like that. You don't need to go and give it to them right now if you don't want to. Just practice with people. And then, and then as Lord leads, just go for it. Start going more and more and more. And, you know, it's really fun. What did you say to me last night, Janelle? God's as happy as he is holy? Yeah. Keep that in mind. That's a good word. He's as happy as he is holy. Awesome. Let's all stand to our feet. We thank you, Lord. We really thank you that you came and showed us how to do it all. And you gave us the tools to do it. And as we go from here um, into our jobs this week and into our, you know, classes or, you know, our festivities, <laughs> I, I just pray that we would be aware and we would operate and walk in a real awareness that we are in Jesus' name that we have a river that flows inside of us. Out of our inmost being will flow rivers of living water. That we actually have the answer for everyone that we encounter. And what we carry is more powerful than what we encounter. So we can alter uh, atmospheres and circumstances by um, just releasing you in us. And that's where we want to live. And I thank you for revelation that you're going to just reveal yourself. There's going to be um, angelic visitation. There's going to be visions and dreams and a release of revelation through things. We're not going to dismiss them or excuse them. We're going to write them down. We're going to honor them. And we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, walk in this stuff. There's an invitation to just walk naturally, very naturally, in the supernatural things of God. Everything about God is supernatural, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just believe it, I receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Do you receive that? Just take it. Just take it. Awesome. Trav. Oh, thanks, Trav. And uh, why don't we um, uh, just show our honor and appreciation to Trevor, to just wait for a sec, to Trevor. Uh, Lena had to leave, but also to Kevin and Aaron. Uh, Janelle that came, and uh, even Coraline shared, and just let's show our appreciation. I miss that. I think we got it in there. Let's show our appreciation. Yeah. Thank you. You got a standing ovation. <laughs> Everyone was standing ready, but that was awesome. But anyways, um, and I want to thank the, the worship man. Um, uh, let's just give it up. Karis and the team. I also want to show appreciation uh, this uh, resurgence team, uh, Dave, uh, Dean, Karis, Diana, me uh well not me but and and show appreciation and also uh diana had a team so stephanie and probably a few others but but just helping and and rooming and rides and even those you that gave rides and others that helped in different ways so let's just show appreciation to all those people yeah thank you
And the last, second last thing is, I want to show, thank you so much for coming and just being a part of this to you. And so uh, give you, turn to neighbor and say, thanks for coming. So just a couple uh, housekeeping uh, instructions, and um, if you're in those, uh, if you're in those uh, rooms there, you have to take the bedding off and just uh, uh, put it together in a pile, I think. And and uh, just let's let's leave this place better than we found it. So if you stayed in any of the rooms, could you just tidy up and make it really clean so that the, they go, please come back, and we're not going to increase the rates. So I, I like that. Um, you like that. And so, and then I think in this room we have to, I think generally we've stacked the chairs. I know they probably want to clean all the floors. Is that right, Derek? Do, do you want the chairs stacked? Would that be? Okay, perfect. Perfect. And we want to give it up for our cook, Derek, and his team. Let's give it up. <laughs> Just take it. Just take it. And uh, lastly, uh, and so if you have keys, you got to give those to Diana and everything. Uh, <laughs> some money. Um, but I just want to give praise to God. And uh, so... God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. God, I thank you that it's a sealed, God, what has happened here. And we seal every healing, every heart change, everything. A break off that where the enemy would come even try to bring doubt for what happened. God, I thank you that advancement has taken place. And God, I thank you even for uh, this year, the word about Jericho, that we marched for six years, but in the seventh year, the walls came down. And so we declare Jericho over every situation, every moment represented here, everything, God, our cities, our nation, we just, we call forth the walls to come down. God, we've advanced, and now we just, we, we walk into the promised land. We walk into the city in Jesus' name, and we take the city. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the Jericho coming down in Jesus' name. So why don't we, in, in, you know, Nathan was doing this. Just, I know there's chairs, but just in, in the Lord, just take a step forward. Like, I'm, we're stepping in. We're stepping into what, God, you promised. We're stepping in. So we, we step in, God. In Jesus' name, we step in. God, never the same again. Yeah. Amen. Well, make sure you, you connect with people that came. Get phone numbers, Facebook. Uh, just just hang out. Get, get together. Get to know people. Don't just leave and go, I never met anyone. Connect and, and, and make friends. And uh, our next resurgence is December 6th. So see you there. We have Danielle Strickland, and we're really excited. So see you there. <laughs>